Welcome to another edition of the Being You podcast. I'm James Short, and I am so excited for our amazing guest today, Dr. Ashwani. Oh my goodness. It is just a, such an honor and a privilege to have her here today. She's a highly experienced female GP and is the principal doctor of Sanctuary Wellness and Medical Center. She has completed not one, not two, but three fellowships. Fellowship of the Royal Australian College of General Practitioners, Fellowship of the Australian College of Nutritional and Environmental Medicine, and Fellowship of Australian Lifestyle Medicine. Oh my gosh, she's a busy woman. She holds a certificate in advance dermoscopy and histopathology and primary care skin cancer therapeutics and professional certificate in skin cancer surgery. She's also completed her professional certificate of aesthetic medicine and advanced certificate of aesthetic medicine. Now I'll probably get a lot of these pronunciations wrong and I'm sure the lovely Dr. Schwinn is going to correct me, which is amazing. That's why she's here. And she's constantly striving to provide the best care for her patients and believes that optimal health and well-being is achieved only through a holistic approach to health. This has further led her to continue her academic pursuit in nutritional and environmental medicine and continue to work with her patients with a functional and integrated approach to get to the root cause of their illness and improve their health and well-being. Dr. Schwinn enjoys the intellectual challenge of being a GP and understands that every patient is unique and important. She always tries to achieve the best health outcomes for her patients. She's a true believer in providing quality care with respect and compassion. Dr. Schmini is a member and examiner of the Royal Australian College of General Practice and a member of Australian College of Nutritional and Environmental Medicine and Australian College of Lifestyle Medicine and a mother of two gorgeous little souls, age 13 and nine. So welcome, 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 Dr. Schmini. Thank you so much for your time. I know you're super busy. Thank you for being part of the, sh the show Thank today. you, James. Wow, Th that introduction was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Just made me recollect, oh my God, <laughs> that's all that I have. Okay. <laughs> but thanks, thanks. Really, really, really yeah, excited. Oh, thank you so much. I want to find out there what sparked this quest for knowledge? What sparked this quest for wanting to, to, to go into this field? Man, I think, you know, how we all get started is we all want to be doctors, blah, blah, blah. That's, you know, how it started from young. You're good in academics. So, you know, I couldn't do sports. I couldn't do music. So academic was my only goal I could go towards. So when I start strived and when I became a doctor, then I was put into the hospital system. But I felt that was not where I belonged. I wanted to see people before they came to the hospital. So primary care was definitely where I always wanted to be. So that's when I went and did my postgrad, became a GP. But when I became a GP, I also felt, okay, I want to see you before I give you the medicine, you know, where I can fix your nutrition, your lifestyle. And I think I'm just like trying to, I'm still finding my way around the system. So I'm still trying to find a way to incorporate because conventional medicine is life-saving. I will not say, you know, you shouldn't go and see your doctor. No, definitely not. It's life-saving. You have a heart attack, it saves you. You have an asthma attack, it saves you. But I think sometimes, like when we're looking at gut issues, we're looking at mental health, we need to really incorporate a variety of things. And I think that's what made me lead to this pursuit of gaining knowledge. And I just wanted to know, okay, when someone has come to me with this, what else can I do? Of course, I fix their sleep, get them to exercise, get them to eat, look at their supplements, look at their, you know, I mean, emotional health. And a lot of that has come down to me wanting to spend more time. So the general 
G uh, GP sort of quick consult wasn't working for me. I really need the time with the patient. I really want to know them. I want to get to the root cause of it. So when they come for a headache, I'm not going to just give you a medic medication to fix that. I want to know how's your sleep? How's your mental health? How's your hormone? You know, and then I, I want to really go into that. So that's what brought me into this whole pursuit to find my way through the medical system in this sort of oh. a platform. <laughs> oh, that just like, it's just like, it just opens up such a beautiful paradigm because it's like, you know, there, it, it, as you said, like it treating that root cause, getting to the root cause of, of not let, not treat the symptom, but why have they got to that? What has led to them to, to get to these symptoms? What is that? You know, what is, how is that unfolding? What have you noticed over the, your years of practicing, what are you noticing some of the some of those root causes and why do you think those root causes are, are, are being developed with with a lot of you, your patients and, and I guess in, in people in general, do you feel? Truthfully, for the now since I'm going more into this, the root cause is actually childhood. Childhood, upbringing. Tell me more. Programming from, you know, that time, like what you were taught as a child and um, parents don't realize. I mean, I feel every parent does the best they could at that point. That's, that's my true belief. No parent ever wants to harm or do something bad to a child. Mm. But I think they don't realize when you have, you know, when your home dynamic has been difficult or when you're not felt you're good enough, when, you know, when you have been, when, you know, shaming your body type has been happening from childhood. So all of this actually has a big effect in adults. And that's why I'm like, when I see them, I try to always go back to their childhood and let me see what happened. Where did, where did this programming come from? And that's when I started to really see childhood is definitely a main thing. The second one is environment. And I think a big problem I'm seeing is the social media addiction world. You know, it's kids, kids 10 and 12 coming to me because they're just fixed on gadgets the whole day. And then the parents are telling me, oh, they won't put it away. They are rude. They are aggressive. You know, boundaries have not been set around things like this. Then I think it's definitely our food culture. You know, for the past few years, I think now people are really aware about going organic, your fruit and vegetable and choosing organic meat and pasture-raised eggs, things like that. But I think prior to this few years, people have not been aware of the food intake. So I think it's a combination of this sort of thing that has brought about um, the paradigm of health issues we are seeing currently. COVID is totally different, okay? We are not going to COVID. That's a whole new uh, pandemic, which we didn't expect. That's so, a whole different that's, that's a whole thing. That's a whole different thing, okay? <laughs> so we are not talking about COVID here, but we're talking about lifestyle um, and other illness. <laughs> so that's what I have found, James. That's just what I found. And that's when at every and consult... I try yeah, to go and, in and, and understand so that. I just want to touch on that first place. Yeah, going in and understanding that. And I think that first aspect of of, of childhood, you know, is such a, a, a massive impact. And, you know, we see this at the parents' nest when my wife Nat teaches her her program Calm Birth, when we when she talks about the beliefs and the behaviors around birth, around mm -hmm. actually how to bring in a, a beautiful soul into 
world and what's the what's the woman's belief around pregnancy and around birth what's the partner's belief around being the support and having conversations and really unpacking that and i think carrying that over into raising children um, and then also you know being aware of the impact of the environment that you're you know potentially placing on your children and then the foods that you you obviously you're nutritioning and nourishing them and as a family i think it's a it's a beautiful flow and effect that can really help but also can can really hinder at the same time um can you explain a little bit more of that belief and the behavior um, around childhood and what have you noticed um, with your patients by them going back and realizing that what has been some of the positive changes that you've noticed by just having the types of conversations like that it just brings them back to where the root was and a realization that a lot of us need therapy. And I'm a firm believer that therapy helps, you know, it's just going back and understanding and reframing your mind about it. Because first of all, they have shut that part off. You know, they're, they're, they're not even recollected, oh, this is what happened and that's what I'm behaving. So even when I see someone with an eating disorder, I try to see where does that come from? Oh, my mom always, you know, made me feel that I was, you know, my size was too big and I needed to slim down and things like that. So I feel it's just, it's not to blame. Again, I tell them, no, they did what they could at that point. But let's, it, this is about you. So let's see how we can heal you. And I think that's when they, I feel it's, it's a, a lot of time when I found this, I tend to then organize therapy for them, organize why that feeling came about. And I'll give you an example. Even I was, I was, I had a patient who were, we were working around fertility issues and, you know, hormones, I fixed everything, hormones, lifestyle, diet, sleep, gut, everything. But I realized the relationship with the mom was a big, it was broken down for a long time. And she always felt her mom, you know, like could have done better, could have, you know, like she felt a lot of the issues came about because, you know, the mom could have been more present and all that. And I think she had this fear of being her mom to the child to come, you know, like, so she was really like, that was, I think, her fear, but she never realized it. So now we are working through therapy and she's mm. working with a relationship with mom and that forgiveness and, you know, that whole thing. And I, I'm sure I'm going to hear a positive news soon. So those are the kind of things I feel where I have picked up on childhood and realized, you know what, we have fixed everything. Let's also go and work on this, you know, because we don't know energy medicine. We don't know what is playing where. So, and, and you don't realize they tell you everything is so perfect. True. You so ask true. for family history, but when I brought that, okay, tell me about your childhood. Tell me about your parents. And then they just break down and they cry. And then I know, okay, I tell her, no, that's okay. Let's go and look and, at and, this. And there's no, there's no, exactly right. And there's no script for that to uncover that, right? And yeah. to really release that and work through that. This is where therapy comes into place. Yes. This is where working with someone who's professionally that can actually release that blockage, release that, that emotional grip. And sometimes, you know, as you would see, stored emotions can actually have an impact in, in different uh, organs throughout the body and in everything so that's yeah. it you know like to release yeah. release that it's huge it's absolutely amazing what a beautiful 
story. What like, like it's it's an insightful story to give people hope, I guess, to go right. You know, let's have that conversation. Maybe you know, therapy is not a bad thing. It's an it's encouraging thing to yeah. to work through. And how can we be better versions of ourselves? Yep, beautiful. Um, I'm interested about the the environment and the the nutrition side of things. I mean, you've, you mentioned about the screen time and how that's really had a big impact in, in kids of today. Um, are there any other factors around uh, environment impacts? And also, what are you noticing? The second question is, what are you noticing around the nutritional changes in, in families of today as well? I think I see, I see like an extreme of both. Sometimes parents have gone too strict. So the child can never experience what a sugar treat is or what's that. So that makes them also, you know, a bit deprived and, you know, that's also not good. On the other hand, I feel parents are aware of the knowledge, but are not practicing it. They know that buying your child processed food or a bag of junk food is not good, but they still do it. Because you walk by the shopping center aisle, the kid wants it. So they have it, but they don't. But I think I think I always tell them 80-20 rule. I said, you know, 80% of the time, eat well. 20%, I mean, come on, we're also adults. We also have that occasional treat. We also want the chocolate. So to deprive a child of that, I think it's wrong. But I think most important is educating. So even if I have five or six-year-olds in the room with me, I talk to them. I, I get them involved in the conversation and not just the parent. I tell them, okay, look at this. This is what broccoli has. This is what the, you know, the, the vitamin and the nutrition. But say this is, you know, eating something from a colored bag. I don't want to name stuff, okay? I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, if this is what comes out of a colored bag and, you know, it doesn't have this, this, this. And I say, you know, look at what color can do to your mental emotions or, you know, you become irritable because they are using this dye and that dye to color things. So, and that's how it affects you. So I tend to get the kids involved in these conversations and they are very receptive. And the parents tell me, oh, Dr. Ash, you'll be surprised. They are actually choosing the healthier option. So I think it's actually, um, wow it's actually not normalizing unhealthy behavior. I think we have normalized unhealthy behavior for a long time. But I also think you can't deprive them of it because they go to a party, that's all that's served. And you don't want this child to carry a bag of carrots and go in there. You know, so I tell them, you know what, let them know, okay, you go there, eat moderately, but understand how you feel after that. And then you eat clean for the next Mm. two, three weeks. So, because really I can't see, you know, like, I think that's a really, that's a really big, sorry to interrupt, but that's a really big factor, which I love, which I love of in, in encouraging the kids to, to walk that journey as well with them, with the parents, educating them. And I think you hit the nail on the head right there. When you, when you got, get the kids to ask how they feel and how they felt when they eat the junk compared to, you know, eating healthy foods, because, you know, you see the sugar rush, you see the food comos, you see all the everything after they get the sugar, sugar hit and then they go down, but it's the kid, actually the children actually getting that self um, awareness around how their body's reacting to foods. And that's amazing strategy that, you know, parents out there can actually enroll their kids in the education process. That's amazing. 
So that's what that's what I like working. Even I had a kid the other day, 12-year-old. Mom brings him him for attention. I mean, behavioral issue. But then he's been used, he's just on the YouTube from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. because parents are high-working professionals. It's school holidays. It's raining in Perth every day. They can't go anywhere. So and then they, you know, but I said, when I, but when I explained what this does, does to the child, he was like, oh, I didn't know that this is why I behaved that way. That's why I was rude to my mom. That's why I did it. And he himself wanted to cut down and said, okay, I'll try. Let me just do two hours during school holidays. Then I'll cut down and I'll tell you how I feel. So I think, you know, kids are actually much better more receptive than we think they are, but we need to guide them the right way. And we need to show them, mm. lead by example. If you tell your child not to be on a gadget and you're on a gadget there, not paying attention and constantly, you know, you're not showing the right, I mean, you're not showing the right um, leadership or the right experience to them because they're like, oh, mom's on it, dad's on it. Like, so what do I do? You know, so... Yeah, so, so true. And it's the whole saying, you know, say as I do, not as I say. You know, exactly, it's, it's the exactly. whole philosophy of, of leading by example as a parent, exactly. because kids, as you know, are like sponges and they're, you know, they're, they're looking up at you as a parent on so many different ways. So, you know, even as a youngster, like they, they, they model you, they guide you, they soak up all that information because you're their biggest mentor. You know, that's all that they know right now. And so you, you, and coming back to your first point, you're shaping their beliefs and behaviors from your own actions and your own, uh, how you lead your own life. I'm, I'm interested. You've got a busy practice. Mm-hmm. You've got two amazing, beautiful souls in your in your life with your kids. How do you manage it all? How do you juggle it all? Juggle with it all? What What are some of the things that you've you've learned along your parenthood journey? First of all, I'm a better doctor and then I'm a parent. So I'll first tell that. So I have my own, you know, faults as a parent, and I'm still learning. But what I what I'm really we all do. We all do. <laughs> so, you know, I don't want to be preaching and not doing it. I just want to be honest. So I'm a better doctor anytime. I'll tell that. But <laughs> so what I've I've done now is I've really become very mindful of my actions, Jim. So previously I will just either yeah, you know, like tell them, oh, don't disturb me, or you know, I'm I'm busy, I'm tired. But I felt, you know, I give my best to patients the whole day. And you know, I treat my kids that way. So didn't talk a lot about me as a person, as a mom. So now what I do, I am very, first of all, I'm very conscious around how I behave around them. Um, So when they tell me, mom, can we play a game? I'm always saying more yes than no. So though I'm tired, sometimes I make a conscious decision that, okay, I'm going to do it. But I do tell them if I'm having a bad day, I'll say, you know what, mom's really had a very terrible day today. Can I just chill? And I think sometimes when I explain how I feel, they accept it better. But what I tend to do is I try to, I don't take work back, nothing. So when I go back with them, um, you know, we walk the dog together or we spend time. There's always time sitting, talking. I've tried to incorporate some meditation now together just as a way to get them into meditating. So these are the things I do. And weekends, it's fully with them. Like we are out, we are doing stuff. You know, we go to the temple or we go for meals together. But one thing I want to work on is I think I need to take more time off to travel and 
you know, mm-hmm. I, that's my goal. Like every school holidays, I think I want to spend more time with them than being in the practice. So Beautiful. that's that's something I'm working on. Yeah, nice. And it, it is always a work in progress, right? Yes. As a parent, yes. there's always, as you know, there's always different stages, the different needs and different ages. And, and you know, our eldest is 28 and she's got different set of needs as well. So it's, it's yeah, I totally understand that. And, yeah. and I just wanted to acknowledge you for, for being an amazing parent, an amazing doctor, an amazing person, and and what you're doing, and how you're doing, and how you're sharing your gift to to the world, and also to to your your little ones as well. So well done and congratulations! Oh, thank you, James. You're going to make thank me cry, so but thank you. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, as we start to bring this, as we start to to bring this to a close, if there was if there was maybe two or three things the listeners can take away to maybe start to look at their own life and look at maybe as a, as a, as a parent or even as a non-parent, but someone who's wants to be more um, improve their level of health and, and maybe make a start to make some better choices. What would you, what would you recommend to the listeners? Maybe a couple of different areas or different couple of different strategies that they could, they can use in their, in the day-to-day world. I think number one is, I think we all have to know, find out what's our purpose and what we are here for. A lot of us are doing jobs and things that's not fulfilling. And, you know, that's creating a snowball effect in your health, your family and all that. So I think number one is having a clear idea in your mind of who you are and what you want to be and not what's been programmed to you or not what my neighbor is doing or not what my friend is doing. So I think that's number one. I think getting our road clear, what, what we want in life. Number two, I think is definitely um, invest in healthy food 80% of the time, as much as you can. I mean, with a lot of um, economic instability happening now, I know, you know, affording the best type of meat and all is not, but as much as you can, Try to always shop, you know, get good meat, vegetable, fruits. Try to incorporate a lot of that healthy behavior. And even those of you who are into planting your own food, I think that's a fantastic way. So I think that's number two. I think just focusing on the food we eat, acknowledging where it comes from, make it sustainable. Come on, make it, make sure the animal is treated well. It's grown properly, you know, look into the whole picture, how the food comes to your table. I think that's really important part of health. Number three, I think, is acknowledging emotional health. If you are troubled, if you have anger issue, if you're struggling, I think rather than shame away and go into addiction patterns, acknowledge that it's a problem and get help. You know, I think all of us, for us to be where we are, there's a lot of hurdles we have come through. There's a lot of different parenting style. There's a lot of trauma people have experienced. So I think acknowledging that if you have an issue and getting the right kind of help, it's just going to make everything better for everyone. Mm. So yeah, this is my top three. And if I can add more, it's definitely, you know, get some meditation, get sunlight, you know, all that extras that's going to make you happy. But I think we need to know (laughs) our purpose. We need to eat well and we need to fix our emotion. And I think we are all in a better place. Yeah, so true. And there's some beautiful points there, Dr. Ashen. I really appreciate that. You know, and on that third point, um, a good friend of mine and I were actually helping people to to start those conversations because I think it's a it's 
time now where people have a, a safe space where they can start conversations and and where we're, we're doing a little uh a little run, a big run in September this year, where we're running from Sydney to Melbourne, 1300 kilometers to, to start 10,000 conversations around the mental health crisis here in Australia. And it starts with, with a pair of socks and a pair of socks is a, it's a bright yellow pair of socks with black and the, the bright yellow is that, that sun that represents that, that nice winter warm sun on our back. And it's our family and friends around us supporting us. And on these bright yellow socks, there are black dots and those black dots represent our dark days. Uh, and, and we've all got them, we've all had them before and we've all faced them, but it's the ability to bring some sunshine to these dark days and to have conversations around that. And so on that third point around that emotional health, I think it's so important that we continually to support our friends and our family and our community to, to have these conversations and know that there are people around around you to, to help you and, to, and to, to be there for you. So Dr. Ash, once again, I really appreciate those, those top three strategies. If and how can, can the listeners find out more about you? Where can they go? How can they follow you? Share us, where, where do we go? Uh, for, I mean, I practice in Perth. So those of you who want to see me as a doctor, I'm in Perth, it's Sanctuary Wellness and Medical Center, not Guji. I'm in Instagram as Dr. Ashwini, D-O-C-T-O-R-A-S-H-W-I-N-I. I also have a Facebook page and um, LinkedIn and YouTube and all of it under my name. So that's where I can be found. Also, I want to tell, I also have a podcast called The Holistic GP, which I'm hoping to get you in soon as a host too. Yeah. So we have just finished season one. I'm a real, a new baby in the podcast um, arena, but I just love that conversations. I think I'm, I'm trying to have the conversations, which I can't really have with patients in a consult and, you know, get them to then you know, look at what are the other aspects that we have that can actually make us lead a better life and talking to professionals. Another thing I wanted to tell out, uh, shout out to you, James, was I think one of the biggest lack in our current situation is parenting coach. I think parents don't know how to be a parent because mm -hmm. there was no manual given to us. You know, we all told, okay, you come and two adults do this thing and then a baby comes and then you take back this baby and then you're a parent. That's where I found your work so interesting because I always say, you know what, I want to send this parent somewhere to get help. So I think your initiative that you have done, you know, being your parentness and, you know, the, the way, way you're going with it, I think that's a very important thing. And I hope parents understand it's okay to ask for help because we were never taught this. We were never taught how to deal with a child who's not sleeping or a child who's having a tantrum or we were never dealt with, okay, we come, we're having so many issues ourselves and suddenly we're expected to be the best version of ourselves for this child, which, you know, it doesn't work that way. So how do we manage our emotions? How do we work around our own issues? So I think it's really, really important. And I'm glad, I'm glad someone is doing it. So I know where to send people now. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Dr. Ash, thank Thank you once again for your time, your insights, your amazing knowledge and information. And once again, for being you, we really appreciate it. And uh, thank you once again for coming on the show. Thanks. Thanks, James. My pleasure. Thanks a lot. Enjoy the conversation. Mm -hmm.